Welcome to the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews, presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me, I have my boy in the place to be, J.O., always here, of course, as well. Appreciate my man for joining us here. And, of course, a shout-out once again to all the listeners here stateside and also worldwide. I want to thank y'all for continuing to support the show, and the numbers continue to go up, and it's always a pleasure to reach people in new nations. Definitely want to give a shout-out to all my international listeners, but especially to those in Nigeria, because they've been showing us big love over there on Audio Max. so please continue listening. Shout-out there to all y'all in the motherland. We have a big fourth quarter coming up on The Vault. We want to make sure that y'all are tuned in. At the end of this uh, year, we will have, of course, our top five. And for 1996, our top 10 list coming up as far as the best albums for those years. Make sure y'all are tuned in for that because it's going to be a hot one, especially that top 10 of 1996. And for those of y'all who know what we did last year, normally what we do with the top five at the end of each year. But 96 is such a loaded year that I had to do a top 10. So... It's going to be interesting, to say the least. The debate shall rage on, shall I say that. Like we always say here in the vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics or MBTC. And Jay, it's a recurring theme. One of the years we're covering here is 1996. And this last quarter here in 1996 is a packed quarter. And just the last couple of weeks, what we've been able to cover from 1996 just alone was Ghostface Killers Iron Man. And then we just did Lil' Kim's Hardcore last week. This week, we have yet another one that falls into that last quarter of 1996. And this one is one I remember in particularly very, very well. Because that fall, this served as a big portion of my soundtrack and my Walkman as I was a freshman in high school. And it's one of the albums that I can actually remember reciting almost front to back because of how much I listened to it. So we're going to take a trip back, Jay, to 25 years ago to November 19th, 1996, to the third studio album by Mob Deep, Hell on Earth, released on Loud and RCA Records, runtime of 61 minutes and 35 seconds. Of course, the producers on this are mostly Havoc, but Mob Deep together as a group, but Havoc was the one who handled the majority of the beat making. Four singles on this from Hell on Earth, Still Shining, Drop a Gem on Them, which came out on August 25th, 1996, which actually was released not too long before its intended Tupac had passed away, before he passed away. Frontlines, Hell on Earth, and G.O.D. Part 3 in 1997. The guest spots on here include Method Man, Raekwon, who also featured on The Infamous, Nas, who also featured on The Infamous, Big Noid, Illa G, and also Twin Gambino, Ty Nitty. So, an album that, when it came out, actually received pretty good reviews and sales-wide did pretty well as well. Um, For Mob Deep, this was certified gold on April 9th, 1997, Q Magazine actually named it as 50 of the heaviest albums of all time, which heavy is actually a very apt description for this album, considering the rest of their work. So Hell on Earth, Jay, 
an interesting album, I should say. And not only that, but I think when you're talking in the context about Mob Deep as a group and their work, you could argue that this work is, I don't know necessarily you could say it's his most impactful, but you could say that it's the one that probably left as big as an impression as the other albums on their discography, including the infamous because of the content of the album. So we're going to get into it. Let's go ahead and talk about, of course, where we were and where this hit us. So Jay, you know, this of course, fall of 96, you're in high school. Let us know, you know, when this album came out, when it first came out, you listened to it, what you thought about it. And then since the years, you know, in the respect of everything else that mob deep has done, what you feel about it since then. Yeah. I mean, this is like, like you said, with the recurrent theme that, all these bangers were coming out and not gonna say I was skeptical, but you know, the infamous was so dope. I was like, I was kind of thinking like, okay, is this next project is going to hold up? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, gonna, you know what I'm saying? It's going to like be able to go toe to toe with the infamous. Of course, a pleasant surprise as far as like, you know, what the, what the album had to offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think as far as like what else is going on in my mind back then. Actually, I remember, I don't know if you ever frequented PG Plaza, but like, mm-hmm. yeah. Remember Sam Goody, how they had like a little listening drinks up there where albums came out? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so like that's where I actually was up listening to the journey. Like, of course, I had to put the journey on full blast. Yeah, like I, I was kind of surprised how how hard it was going lyrically. Like, you know, mm-hmm. of course, with this being like right on the heels of with, with Tupac passing, like, Machiavelli. you know what I'm saying? Because I think they was the only ones that really hit back directly lyrically, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they were the only Southern, ones, oh, yeah. Shit, these niggas, they, they really going hard with this. So, like, you know what I'm saying? And honestly, this is one of the ones I really didn't have to take out of my rotation mm, yeah. to this day. Like, yeah. I mean, I was, of course, I was listening to it getting ready and everything like that, but I really didn't have to. I mean, it was, it was still so vivid and fresh in my mind. Yeah. It was like a pleasant trip down, if you want to say, like memory lane. It just cemented Mob Deep as one of those groups. And it kind of like goes back to my point, like about Havoc, how I think he's kind of underrated as a producer. You know what I'm saying? People oh, yeah. get Mob Deep made down beats. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Havoc showed something this release, too, because mm-hmm. the beats, as they appeared on the infamous, you would think, you know, staying in that lane would be something that people would have grasped, would grasp and hold on to. But he almost went almost in a completely different direction with the way that the beat sounded on here, you know? And, but Mm -hmm. nothing fell off. Like the quality of the beats didn't take a step down because he went like atmospherically and also sonically, he went into a different direction. They didn't suffer as a result of that. Mm -hmm. So my recollections on this, I remember first, ironically hearing about this album through a friend of mine about someone who went to his church and he said that that person actually was listening to it in this house. And as he was like listening to it and started getting more and more into it, he noticed like, you know, his demeanor sort of changing. And I think like his mother, he said his, his friend, his mother came in the room or whatever and heard him like, you know, basically muttering stuff from the album, asking him where he got it from. He told her and then she took the joint and threw the CD in the trash. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that made me want to listen to the album even more. So I went out, I went out and grabbed the tape, man. And I went and listened to it. Now I was a big fan of the infamous, obviously, because that came out during that summer or close to that spring and summer of 95. It was something that was big in my soundtrack for that summer of 95. And I'm like, what can they do next to be able to come out to counter whatever the infamous desk did? Cause that was hot. You, I mean, you know, you look at the tracks on the infamous, there are so many hallmark tracks on there, mob deep, standard tracks that are on there to be like yo this shit is dope how could you ever follow this up and listening to this joint it was just like wow 
the two things that I noticed off the break of this one, the beats and the tone here was definitely a lot darker than the infamous. And mm-hmm. as hard as that sounds, <laughs> cause as, as like as street and as tough and as grimy as the infamous sounded, this sounded a lot darker. I mean, almost like I want to say on the borderline of like almost horror film, like, you know what I'm saying? Listening to a lot of the beats we talked about, like what Havoc did, it sounded like cinematic, almost in a sense that the beat sounded like you were in a movie and listening to the different samples and tones that were being used kind of fit with whatever they were doing. But then the lyrics, I think were even a little bit darker than they were on the infamous too. Like, I think it kind of speaks to the atmosphere that was going on in rap at that time, because we talked a little bit about drop a gem on them. Right. And we'll get into that when we get into our highlights, like we're talking about mob deep now being embroiled almost directly in the center of what this East coast, West coast beef was. But even if though we talk about like the semantics and the, 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 uh, the cinema and theater that was put on as a result to make that a thing. But they were actually in the middle of it. Tupac had actually called out Mob Deep and specifically had called out Prodigy on record a couple of times leading up to this point. Mob Deep was also a point that would be involved in another video that was mimicking to what the Dog Pound had done with New York, New York when they did a track with uh, Capone Noriega with LALA. So they were kind of like as you know, no pun intended on the front lines of a lot of this shit that was going on as far as the disc records between rappers on the East and rappers on the West. And I think that tone, that dark tone spoke to like the attitude that they had. It really was like, all right, you know, we told y'all before on the infamous, y'all didn't listen to us. Now it's war. And I think that sort of speaks as well to the album title with hell on earth. Like, this really was a dark, dark time. We talk about actually how things were in hip hop and they were going to get much darker in just a few months afterwards. But the lyrics on here, man, like uh, everyone that I got talked to, whether it's hip hop Twitter or whether you talk to other hip hop heads and your friends, like people will sit there and say, yo, this time period right here for prodigy, this may have been like the beginning of like his peak where he started to really put himself at the top as far as, top tier level MCs in the game. Everyone really points to this album being the album where he does that. And I agree with it because I really think he came for next on here. And I felt as though he didn't get his respect maybe during the infamous. And he felt like he wanted to get it even more. Surprisingly, Havoc also does a great job on this as well. It was like Havoc sort of took a step up as a rapper on this too. So you have great performances lyrically by prodigy and then by havoc you have this dark toned album that sounds almost like movie like with the beats you have good guest spots on here i mean raekwon comes back for another guest spot Nas comes back for another guest spot big noid illa g twin gambino todd diddy method man <laughs> hmm. i mean when you have all of that in an album i mean you can only imagine when you mix it all together and put it together what you're gonna get So this was a big part of my soundtrack heading into the fall of 96. It was this joint and definitely the other one that I played to death was Redman, Muddy Waters. Like these two definitely stayed in my, in my tape deck very, very heavily that fall. So I thought it was great. I thought it was an amazing piece of work back then. And I was like, I thought it was a perfect follow-up to the infamous. And I thought that the tone, everything lyrically beat wise, I think everything sort of fit into what the time was. So if there was an album that captured the time as accurately as as much as this one did, I haven't heard it yet. So now we're going to get into highlights. 
And there's plenty of them here on this album, I think. And I think you would agree with me, Jay. But give me an Absolutely. idea of your highlights, man, and any lowlights if you have them. Man, highlights. So, mm. um, man, of course, the singles like G.O.D. Part 3 and um, Hell on Earth. Mm-hmm. Along with that, I mean, I mean, just Animal Instinct, the way that drink. We mm. always talk about how he started out, out more strong. Like, so Animal Instinct, where that beat drops. Mm, yes. That gym was hard as hell. And then, of course, mm-hmm. drop a gem on them, mm-hmm. which I don't think was a single, but it was like one of those underground joints that everybody knew. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. For obvious reasons. Um, yeah. Sh- I mean, just going down the list, Bloodsport, Extortion, mm-hmm. more Trife Life. Like, yeah. um, and then, I don't know if you want to consider the sleeper, but the joint get de- dealt with. Yeah, get, dealt with. The way that beat just rides, like. Dealt with quick. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and that like, piano. Just, like, picked yourself just riding through, like, Queens or something like that. That joint just, like, mm-hmm. blasting, like, on a mission or something. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I really can't think of any lowlights on this joint. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm really coming up short on, like, as far as, like, lowlights for the album. Yeah. So, yeah, man, like you said, the highlights on this joint, man. A strong start to the album with Animal Instinct, with Twin Gambino and Ty Nitty. The drop of gem on joint. I mean, Jay, we talked a lot about diss tracks on this pod. And, you know, we've talked about the Hit'em Ups. we talked about the Ethers. we talked about the Takeovers, the No Vaselines. This is a diss track that I think maybe because in the context in which it's released does not get talked about enough. Because this came out. Technically, on the album, when most people heard it, it came out after Tupac was already dead. And not only that, this is one of the very few diss tracks that you can tell that somebody's actually mentioning Pac. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of the very few that people will say, oh, you know, for sure they're talking about this dude Pac. Because a lot of them you would hear and you'd be like, oh, they could sort of could be talking about Tupac. They not could. No. There's they don't leave anything to the imagination. They don't leave any type of ambiguities at all. At all. You know at exactly all. who they're talking about, even without them mentioning his name. And I mean, the type of lyrics on here, you know, the whole thing talking about some I had the whole New York State aiming at your face at the gate, bottom line of the top. Soon as you came through, shot through, you didn't even know the half of my crew, you know. Think fast to get reminded of robberies in Manhattan. You know what happened. 60 G's worth of gun clapping. Gun I mean, clapping. Sh- I mean, yeah, that's a quotable right there, man. Like, bro, that is a diss track that does not get talked about enough. And respect to the dead, but nobody ever really came at pop like that on the diss record. No one. I mean, you could look at it. I mean, we could probably go through and you can see some ambiguous records, something that is sort of like a you know, uh, a thinly veiled shot, but this one really directly came at Pac. I kind of like almost want to see like if this would have came out when Pac was alive, what kind of response he would have to this, you know, because I'd almost kind of think that I don't know if it's something that you could respond to immediately. It was that vicious of a, of a diss track. So definitely a highlight. Um, blood sport on here. I mean, I mean, seriously, Havoc and P both got their mans on that. Extortion featuring Method Man. Method Man comes in off the break and just literally, to me, even though Havoc and P did a great job on this, sort of took the track over. With Havoc and More Trife Life, that is, a, I think, a really underrated track on here because it's a Havoc solo track, and Havoc's doing a great job of painting the scene of this picture of this shorty house he goes over to. She's setting him up. He needs to call his folks to make sure they get him out of this situation. It's like you can sort of see that whole like scene forming in your head based off the picture that he's painting with these lyrics a song man probably uh, like one of my other sleeper tracks on here as well is can't get enough of it i mean that beat when that beat comes on man just that bass line and the drums and it's just yeah 
that was one of my favorite joints back then and still one of my favorite joints now. Uh, Nighttime Vultures with Raekwon. I mean, Raekwon at this point is still in that bag, still in that only built for Cuban links, just featured heavily on Iron Man, is really at the top of his game, heading into going into recording forever with Wu-Tang. So he's still like right there in that pocket. Love get dealt with, like you said, Jay, that piano, that doom, 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 doom. I mean, another part of just Havoc's, you know, production genius, being able to find those piano samples and think and those strings that, you know, that don't, nobody else really can make those strings and pianos talk like Havoc. The front lines with Hell on Earth. I mean, yeah, that beat, obviously, now, even when you hear it, it's still a choice that people, when they go ahead and spit freestyles, that, to go ahead, throw that beat on. You know what I mean? That's definitely still mm-hmm. a favorite. Um, give it up fast. I mean, having Nas come off the break, off the top, drop that verse and, and do shit. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, it's definitely a, definitely a, a great track to close it out. Don't still shining and apostles warning. Like I said, man, just really a really dark tone. Not any like, no, 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 low lights on this joint, man. Um, even got a uh, God part three, which to me wasn't like uh, one of my favorite tracks, you know, hey, I love the fact that they took the sample from Scarface and flipped that into a beat. You know what I mean? That music at the end, that music with when Tony dies and he's laying in the pool in his own blood and everything. So, yeah, it was an album that like when you took it from one side of the tape and flipped it over to the next side of the tape, it was like, All right, I don't got to fast forward nothing. If anything, I was re- I was rewinding a lot on this tape to hear verses and to hear like lines a whole, whole lot. So. Man, the beats on here, though. I mean, when you hear the beats, like I've mentioned, can't get enough of it. Extortion, nighttime vultures, like all this shit sounds like movies. Like if you think about like a movie, like a like a, a thriller or a horror or a film noir, like a dark suspense film. That's what a lot of this production sounds like. And then lyrically, like I said, P, I think this was this point when he was really getting into his pocket. It started for me, I think, like a four-year run, all the way from this into HNIC, where he really like capitalized at his point of being on top of his game. And Havoc, production-wise, was in his bag, and I thought lyrically, he actually took a step up from the infamous. And many people will sort of glance over his performance, but nah, it's Havoc did his thing on this joint, man, definitely. Now we're going to get into notable quotables and talk about any notable quotables. I actually have a few, man, but I'm going to start with you, Jay. What you got for notable quotables on this joint? I know we already talked, we touched on drop a gem on them, but then like, I don't have to say as far as like what could be perceived as a pock, this would be blood sport as well. And mm. Havoc's first verse. Mm. He was like, <laughs> I kicked that progress into that dumb nigga. God bless. I know you can't sleep or rest behind that bullshit. Now you rock a vest scared to death while you walking. Fuck the talking. We straight up New York. We blowing niggas, heart attack, stroking niggas, provoking niggas, shitting all, all over niggas. niggas. You roll low, you rolling thick, but you're the rob, the mob rolls thicker. Get the liquor, turn your back, ice pick it. But fuck that. Stick it with the gat is quicker. Scared to come around my corner. You ass yes, nigga. nigga. Do it your way all day. Fake shit. What you gonna do? Out of town play bitch and run like a faggot. Switch. Take the whole shit and show the world. Don't sweat it, baby girl. I got a him and pull the gap like a stem. You all fucked up like an offbeat blend. blend. I send messages that you couldn't read clear. Try to play the front but got stuck in the rear. Take it as a letter but I'm not sincere. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the beat just rises and you know what I'm saying? The mm-hmm. hook. And the, and, the, and the the prodigy's verse right after that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sound, man. Sound like a continuation of a pocket disc to me. It does. It does. Now <laughs> that you mention it, it does sound like some, yeah. Yeah, they was some, they wasn't playing around. That's right after they they kicked and put drop a gem on them. They followed that mm-hmm. joint up right with this joint. So 
They definitely had some stuff to get off on their chest about that dude Pac. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And, and what's the other joint? I mean, and then of course, I mean, like, um, drop a gem on him. I think goes without saying as far as like Prod. I, I can see why Prodigy went direct at Pac. Obviously, oh yeah, he got singled out. Yeah, he did. He could call that nigga like, out by the single cell and every single cell and everything. Right. Like, I ain't gonna say the whole thing. He was like. Like we was like Rikers Island flashbacks to the house you got scuffed and you would think to get your head chopped enough, but then now you want to go on my team. Must have been drunk when you wrote that shit. Too bad you had to do it to your own self. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I mean, of course I can keep going, but yeah, but it's you know the idea. You know what he said during that joint though. Yeah, yeah and I remember he, like I, like again going back to Sam Goody like mm-hmm. being up in there like you know what I'm saying he said it you you must have been drunk. I'm like oh shit, that's when I really realized like shit. yeah. Yeah, like, okay, you really going at Pac on this joint. Yeah, they were going at him, man. They was going at him. He was not, you know, because he that he wanted that they, nigga Pac said, fuck Mob Deep. So he was like, okay, for real? All right, cool. I got you. Cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, tell me, tell me you have a seizure, heart attack. I'm like, God. Yeah, damn, he's, he, like, when you go after a nigga health that, that's afterwards, yo, it becomes personal. It does. You know what I'm saying? It becomes personal. Nigga say, you know, if you fuck around and have a seizure and shit, like, whoa, all right, dude. And he's like, all right, cool, bet. I got you. I got something for you then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, during extortion. I don't know if you want to touch on this one, but Havoc's verse, like, before meth comes on, mm-hmm. extortion is the key. I got the key for extortion. Spend your fortune. Did you show it like abortion? Portion. Take precaution. Infamous laws to force it. You married to the mob. Can't take it, then divorce it. Because I ain't got no time for the domestic disputes. If you're scared, get a lot. Get a dog, don't got a click, then recruit. You reek troop, lost battalion in the mist. On your name, my shit, take it like a main little, little bitch. bitch. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it was a diss, but it was just a hard ass verse. Hard product. verse. I mean, from yeah. Havoc. Yeah, man. Havoc, psh, Havoc did his shit on this joint, man. Like, yo, I think that is one of the more surprising things about this album is Havoc's pen. His production stayed in the same vein, like being superior and being great. But, yo, his pen on this joint, he definitely yeah, took like, a step up, you know? Cause I think people I think, was think, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's definitely un- underrated when it comes to like MC, like producer slash MCs. MCs, yes, exactly. There was a list of people underrated. There were a list of people saying that name somebody who does producing and rapping just as equally as well. And I think somebody didn't put him on the list. And then somebody later on said, hold on, on Twitter they were like, y'all done made this list and ain't nobody put down havoc. Like y'all are crazy, man. Y'all lost Same. your mind. Insane. So, so Michael, you I don't know. You got any more quotables, Jay? That's it. Uh, no, I think that's all I got. Cool. So my if I do have more, but I'm, I'm gonna let you. you know what I'm saying okay. So my so my quote, quotable comes from the other part of extortion. It's methods verse, and ah. it's like you know I blaze your britches, PLO extortion. You fortune the hand that rocks the cradle caution before you enter this Shaolin representer. Carry thirty six deadly shit you fucking with. Top contenders, official to the bone gristle. It don't matter if you bust rhymes or bust pistols. Remember me? Burn a nigga to the third degree. Don't act familiar, motherfuckers. You ain't heard of me. Just peep the steed and rap how it's supposed to be. Tap the pockets, bag the goods like it's groceries. We food shopping. On top of that, we hip hopping and don't stopping. Out of state drawers dropping. The panty raiders slide on you like gators. I'm just think bitch back out and then play the. But that ain't nothing. Crossing this dog walking. Native New Yorkin. Slowling slang talking. Rap nigga. Mr. Freeze crowd shiver. What? Young black and don't give a fuck if the next crew get the scissor. I mean, and get into extortion. <laughs> extortion. <laughs> extortion. Give it up, kid. Extortion. Bottom line, what the fuck you want to do? You eyeing me at the same time I'm eyeing you. Punk, want to pop the most junk? Be the same motherfucker with the most lumps. Chew on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Meth came in that joint and just took that track over, man. It was like, yo, all right, I, I, I see you, dog. You got it. You got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And then my other notable quotable is actually on Bloodsport, and it's actually Prodigy's joint. So Prodigy comes in and says, yo, this ain't rap, it's Bloodsport. Your life cut short, you fell short. The pressure's on high, full court. My team formed killer instincts and firearms. Dangerous stuff, minds and brainstorm walls. A life of a wild rebel who run wild, click, bow. Nigga, lay down, fool, stay down. Appear, disappear, hydro cloud. Why are you running at the mouth 100 miles a mile? Mob deep style from the depths of Hempstead. Getting injured, I creep quiet. Keep the live nigga inching. Listen, who are you to throw your fist in? Hit like a bitch, run like a faggot to take the whole shit. That's it. I'm here to pass here with the shit. It's time for showtime. Let's see how deep things get. You want to talk tough and get all delinquent. You find yourself all bloodied up and shamed it. Me and my nigga pioneer this violent nigga rap shit. Bust a gat kid. No fear that. I'm laughing. What's up then? Let's take a day and touch something. I'm a maniac, brainiac, fanatic for that. Capable of combat, P counter attack. And some hot wheels sending shots out from the back. It's a foul way to go, Kiko. You know the rope, so. Blood sport, motherfucker. <laughs> it's. It's. Prodigy really to me is like I think like I said this was the the start of like when you get to his peak like a lot of folks will always say like yo there wasn't many niggas that when they started they reached a peak that was really on top of Pete like he was a dude that kind of had a way with his words to be able to make you feel that shit like like and so I think that was really the start of that for me I mean it all got started with him being able to come up with killer first lines like, you know, I got you stuck off the realness and it's a war going on outside. No one is safe from. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's like I said, man, tons of tons of quotables, man. Tons of quotables on this joint. Um, we, could keep, we could keep going. We could real. keep going. I could do a podcast all about the notable quotables just on this album, bro. Oh, man. So before we get into actual the, the final test and, and figuring out what we think, what we think about the album, ultimately, I kind of wanted to sort of take a look at this. So I tend to think that Mob Deep, like this is the the run of three album run that I think is just about as good as any other group run out there with the infamous Hell on Earth and then murder music after this. Now, a lot of people will say when it comes to Hell on Earth and the infamous, there's a lot of uh, comparison that goes on between the two of them. So your opinion, Jay, uh, what would you say is better between this and that one? Mm. Between infamous and Hell on Earth. I was really, I was actually really wrestling this within my mind of a night. Like, mm-hmm. I'm saying by hair, by hair, mm-hmm. I still have to go with the infamous. Infamous, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, not taking anything away from Hell on Earth, but mm-hmm. right, it's just something about the way the infamous hits versus like how Hell on Earth hits. Like, it yeah. still gives it a, a slight edge for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even considering it was during that Renaissance of '96 and all the things that were going on during that time, like. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just some, it's just some beast. It's just like, just, just, a, just a fraction of a hair has just made it better for me. Yeah. Nah, I understand. So I, I think I would probably say the same as well. I think the infamous is still better than hell on earth. But like I said, I think it's a lot closer than people think it is. I think because with the infamous, you get so many like of the, the, those mob deep songs that you can recall that any fan can recall at any time. Survival of the fittest an eye for an eye. You know, Shook One's part two, Give Up the Goods, Temperature Rising, Trife Life. Mm-hmm. Like those alb- those songs, Cradle to the Grave, those songs are all Shit, songs right that you, you, right back at you. All those songs, you know, are songs that you think about, like, you know, that are Mob Deep songs that anybody could think about and name off the top. Those are like the, the ones when we talk about Mob Deep fans, all right, bam, you can name these joints. The tracks on Hell on Earth don't necessarily have that type of cachet in regards to recognition, but... I say that the the quality overall is probably just as good. 
So the infamous has the star power as far as the tracks are concerned, but I feel like hell on earth has a lot of depth to it. Like not to say there were no skips on the infamous either, but I feel like on hell on earth, I feel like the depth may be just a little bit better, but the, and with the infamous wins out is the fact that they have those tracks that just grab you because they're the, the mob deep tracks that everybody will recognize immediately. And those are the ones that are like, you know, like I said, that like group has a standard standard set of tracks, like a group standard. Those are the group standards that they have. So, I agree with you. And to take this another step further, the infamous four and a half mics in the source mob deep hell on earth, four and a half mics in the source murder music, four and a half mics in the source. (laughs) If there was ever a group that probably was disrespected by the source by anyone, it would definitely be mob deep. I mean, Cause they literally gave them a cusp of being right on the five mic classic step for all three of those albums. And it was like, wow. All and uh, those three in a row, mind you. <laughs> so it was even like, you know how when uh outcast said, you know, Dre and big boy mentioned that, you know, that they, their albums didn't get five mics in the source, even though they felt like they were, they were worthy of it. That when they came on a Quemni, they mentioned that shit actually and called it out on the album. And the album was so good that the source was like, all right, y'all got it. This shit, five mics. I can't right. even, you know, you got it. Uh, so I feel like if anybody was probably disrespected by the source, I feel as though they're probably disrespected as big as anyone as far as the snub that should have gotten a five mic classic from any one of those three. So now we're going to get to the test, the final test to see what we think about it and what kind of classic we think it is. Is it a certified classic, a borderline classic, a classic just in this time, or not a classic at all? And, of course, rate that on a level of 7 to 10. So, Jay, what say you about Hell on Earth? A certified classic, 10 out of 10, bro. Mm. Same here with me, certified classic, 10 out of 10. Um, when you think that you, can follow, you can't follow a 10 out of 10 with a 10 out of 10, that's exactly what they did. And what I think that Hell on Earth did is showed folks that not only was mob deep here to stay, but they were going to be consistent. And as long as they stuck with a formula and kept that formula going, then they would continue to put out good quality music and it would be even timeless music. And they kept that going up until I would say even the next album after this with murder music. But unfortunately I think uh, once they kind of, you know, prodigy went off to go do a solo thing, which his solo albums were dope. I think once they got into the, you know, the infamy and, and America's nightmare, uh, I kind of feel like they had strayed away from the formula. And that's when to me, I think I kind of tuned out on them, but that three album run right there, including this one with hell on earth, as good as any, as you can think about as any group three album run. So there we are y'all hell on earth by mob deep 25 years old this week. Uh, make sure y'all go check it out. And make sure you go read some of the reviews and the retrospectives that have come out this week for the 25 year anniversary. Like I said, one of the most heavily revered albums that I've seen in my circles, especially on hip hop Twitter. And among those who rap fans that I talk to on a daily basis, also that I grew up with, everybody loved this album. So make sure y'all go check out Hell on Earth, man. Give it a listen and let us know what you think about us. Hit us up on social media and give us your take. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you check us out on our new host on Red Circle. You can also download, stream, and subscribe to The Vault Classic Music Reviews on any one of our streaming sources. If you go to the link in our bio on any one of our social media pages, you'll find our link tree. There you'll find all of our streaming sources and, again, all of our social media channels. You can find The Vault on Instagram on at Podcast. 
on Twitter at Vault Classic and on Facebook and YouTube. You can search the Vault Classic Music Reviews podcast, like our Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, interact with us on social media. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your speakers loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we'd like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.